Hi, my name is Darren from HGJ.Tax. We're a firm of accountants, lawyers, and tax advisors who work with entrepreneurs, uh, expats, and investors to help them navigate the somewhat confusing world of international tax. I may be uh, a tax advisor, but I'm not yet your tax advisor. So please bear in mind that this is not meant to be advice. We're having a general conversation, general principles, and I'm hoping that your takeaway from this will be concepts and, and tools that you can use when you're speaking with your own advisory team to create a solution that's tailor-made to you. So again, HDL Tax, we have over 2,000 articles, over 1,000 videos, all free of charge. We, I'm recording this in December, December 2022 from Miami. I landed in Miami from Lisbon, Portugal yesterday because I wanted to... I, I, I'm not a fan of cold weather, so even though Portugal is a beautiful Mediterranean climate, sometimes it does get a bit chilly for me. I love my heat, so I love Miami, especially during winter time. Normally, it's, it's, it's still warm. And I spend time in Dubai, and most of my business happens in Singapore, which is where we have our actual HQ. So having said that, let's jump in. What is going to happen after 10 years? Because as we know, the non-habitual residence scheme, which is, we discuss that in detail at length all over our website, many videos, it only lasts for 10 years. But what happens after that, right? It's kind of obvious. Well, but to, to state the obvious, the, the benefits, the NHR benefits disappear. So that flat tax at 20%, that exclusion on certain categories of foreign income that you've enjoyed, it all goes, poof, it goes away. And you'll be subject to the regular tax regime as everybody else in Portugal, where you're going to be taxing your worldwide income up to 48%. And, you know, that's 48% plus social charges on earned income anyway. We have a video talking about social charges because that's sometimes misunderstood. But you're going to be subject to taxes on your worldwide income just like everybody else. Another question people ask so that when I tell them, okay, what's going to happen after 10 years? You're going to have to face the heat like everyone else. Uh, then they asked me, well, is there a possibility that you get an extension after 10 years? My response, and again, this is just my opinion, is that probably not. Because, well, even though it's a great incentive, there's pressure at the European level. I, I think there's a general dislike of these special tax regimes at the, at the EU level. So the EU has made it pretty clear that they don't like uh, investment migration. So they don't like citizenship by investment, particularly. They don't like golden visas. And sometimes part and parcel with that would be certain special tax regimes. And, and we know that to be the case when we, I mean, the EU said it, you know, more or less they've said it. And within the context of Portugal in particular, the, the reason why I think is around 2020, that before 2020 or so, if it is that you move to Portugal and you receive foreign pensions, you could have received a tax break under certain circumstances. That could have been received tax free into Portugal. But they have since implemented a 10% charge on, on pensions and foreign pensions. Where did it come from? Well, it actually came from the EU. They got basically a mandate came down from Brussels. Hey, that tax free thing ain't going to work. You need to put in a tax. So that it's, it's evidence of my point, which is they are just like everybody else subject to tax, subject to pressure. From, from the higher-ups. Uh, the Brussels doesn't like it. It's unlikely that you'll get an extension. In fact, I would wager that the future of the NHR probably has a question mark over it. And I'm not picking on the NHR, but I'll throw in 
some of the, the non-DOM regimes in, in some of the other European countries, as well as the Beckham law next door in Spain and so on and so forth. So I think those are all up in the air, up in the air long-term, given the direction that we see Brussels taking. Just, you know, giving you guys a heads up as you plan for the long-term. Uh, and, you know, I want to pick, you know, I want to probably just, you know, take a little deeper dive into what, what's been going on and giving you a sense for what those trends would be, right? So, obviously, we know what happened to Cyprus and we know that there's legal action against Malta about their citizenship by investment, right? But, we, so I think it's really important to pay attention to these trends and the signals we get from, from where it comes from the centers of power, so Brussels and, and Washington on the U.S. side, because to be honest, uh, Washington and Brussels, they kind of move in tandem. You know, they move in sync when it comes to some of these initiatives. And so you can look at one and you understand what the other is just about to do. So it's not rocket science, it's just paying attention to the trends. So we, we saw a trend, uh, uh, we see a trend, I think, towards citizenship-based taxation. At one point in time, it was just the U.S. It was like, ha-ha, you have a U.S. passport, you have a green card, tough, tough luck you'll be subject to taxes on your worldwide income, no matter where you go, ha-ha. But we've since seen in the last decade or so, the last couple of decades, that it's not just the U.S. because the other big English country, English-speaking countries, so Australia, New Zealand, Canada, UK, they also have certain circumstances and even that mean that even though you no longer reside in those jurisdictions, there are fallback rules that apply. And you still, if it is your center of life, is still deemed to be there. And there's some, and, you know, and sometimes it's it's very, you know, threadbare definitions of what those of what triggers those fallback rules. But the point is that you're still subject to taxes in those jurisdictions, even though you no longer reside there and you haven't been there for years. If it is that you are a nomad, for example, and you're moving around and you have you're not able to tell the CRA in Canada where it is you are. Same with the, uh, you know, the, the revenue authority in Australia, the ATU. Then they say, oh, you, you can't tell me, you can't show me a lease agreement or utility bill from where you claim to be living now. Well, default, you're still going to be taxed in Canada, Australia, as the case may be. So citizenship-based taxation, it's a thing. And other European countries have those fallback rules as well, Germany, Italy. So it's something, it's something to pay attention to. Uh, as you consider what your strategic plan is beyond 10 years and, and being based in Europe, it's, it's important to take a look at that bigger picture. Another thing is exit taxes. Again, at first, it was just a U.S. thing. Haha, you want to give up your citizenship from the U.S., you may be subject to exit taxes. Other jurisdictions as well. Look at what's, hap what's happened in Germany, for example. <clears throat> Foreign asset reporting. So you no longer live or you're traveling around or you're investing, you being an entrepreneur internationally, well, you have to report all your foreign investments more or less to the U.S. Uh -huh. <laughs> Not just the U.S. anymore. For example, if you're in Portugal, if you're a Portugal tax resident, the equivalent of what we know as the FBARs or FinCEN 114, where you report your foreign bank accounts to the U.S., there's an equivalent for Portugal. You need to report your foreign accounts to the Portuguese tax office as well. So something to bear in mind that has to be reported. And then in another video, I've spoken about the crypto regs, which, of course, everybody, this is not rock science, everybody expected crypto regs. It was coming all the while, and of course, it's been accelerated by certain uh, very big news items. Uh, I'll leave it there. <clears throat> so the rules around crypto, 
uh, around the automatic exchange of information uh, between the exchanges and intermediaries when it comes to crypto and the relevant governments is automatic, not a request anymore. That's coming in Europe. Uh, that I'm talking about DAC8, DCA. Uh, there's also there's some anti-money laundering. So let's see, the European Council, the European Commission, no, the European Council of the European Union proposed some enhanced AML or anti-money laundering rules earlier this month, I think it was. I think it's earlier this month or last month. Anyway, so it also spoke about limits on cash transactions. And it also strengthened the rules around declaring the UBOs, the ultimate beneficial owners of structures. So, you know, that's this whole stuff against privacy. So it's a thing. So my, my point is you stay in Portugal long term, all good. Bear in mind that the NHR is unlikely to be extended. And also bear in mind how strict the regulatory framework is around you know, just disclosures of what you're doing financially and in terms of business, as well as the, the strengthened rules around taxation, uh, the, the fallback rules, the citizenship-based taxation trends and so on. So, because we have a number of clients as well, part of their strategy in moving to Portugal is that they would want citizenship. They want, a Euro they want European citizenship. And once they get it, they want to give up their US citizenship in their hope that, you know, from a tax or from a privacy point of view, they will be better off. So I'm just giving you a heads up that that may not necessarily be the case. Okay. Hope that helps. If it is that you want to talk about some of this further, just visit HGD.tax and you can schedule an appointment. See you next time. Bye-bye. So if you're a six, seven, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.